This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is The Morning Shift. In one week, three more mass shootings took place in the U.S., leaving at least 32 people dead and 65 wounded. Dispatch, we got shots fired, we got multiple people down, we're going to need multiple medics. The shootings happened in Gilroy, California, El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. He walked in and started shooting at everybody. After he, heard, after he sees people start running, you can hear the different fire rate. He starts pop, 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 pop. President Trump held a press conference earlier today condemning the violence. The First Lady and I join all Americans in praying and grieving for the victims, their families, and the survivors. Chicagoans, too, deal with more than their fair share of gun violence. At the same time those mass shootings took place in El Paso and Dayton this weekend, seven people were killed and 48 were wounded by gunfire in Chicago. When the country marked the 20th anniversary of the mass shooting at Columbine High School this past April, we brought in two Chicago teens trying to solve the issue of gun violence in their schools and their communities. And we want to replay that conversation for you today. Miaya Coleman is a leader with voice, and Antonio Maget is a youth organizer with Good Kids Mad City. Miaya explained what voice is and what they do. Voice, which stands for Voices of Youth in Chicago's Education, is a youth-led organizing alliance that works with different organizations across the city of Chicago. Um, We're working to end the school-to-prison pipeline, and we're also working to end social and racial injustice in schools. And Antonio, you're with Good Kids Mad City. How did that group get started? So we started pretty much right after the parking shooting happened. And we discussed how when mass shootings happen inside of schools, how black and brown students get like the 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 most of the impact of it with most of the school resource officers coming to our schools. So we thought, you know, how could we create a movement or be to to keep the narrative of the, the gun violence that is going on. So we, we came up with Good Kids Mad City to show the public and the nation that, you know, black and brown students are going through gun violence on a day-to-day basis. And we aren't, you know, being invited to the White House. We aren't having big donations come to our schools or our communities to stop it. So, you know, that's how and why Good Kids Mad City came about. Yeah, you grew up in North Lawndale and you went to high school in the Austin neighborhood. What made you want to get involved with this issue? When I was um, in school, it was a time where I was going through traumas. And even now today, I still go through traumas 
one of the reasons that I got involved, period, with um, community organizing was when I was nine years old, my cousin Michael Stigler was gunned down in a um, gas station near my neighborhood. I went to school and it, I was unable to focus. It was hard for me to maintain great grades. I went from an honor roll student to a student not even receiving a high grade to even make it to the honor roll. And during this time, I was depressed. I was angry. I was sad. And I couldn't really identify my emotions or understand my emotions. And it really took a toll on me because no one even asked, are you okay? Do you need someone to talk to? I had no counselor at my school, and it was really hard. And then when I got to high school, I started to experience even more trauma with family members passing away or um, getting gunned down and violent things happening in my neighborhood. And that's the reason why I said, hey, I want to do something about this. I want people to see that we go through this every day, and it's hard to even talk about it or understand what we're feeling. Antonio, was your experience similar to Mia's? Yes. Growing up on the west side of Chicago, I seen and experienced a lot of things that I thought I thought was normal growing up, whether it was the poverty, the the day to day violence or the bad schooling that I had. This stuff isn't normal, you know, we're no one's supposed to go through this type of stuff. So, um, as I got further on in my um education, getting to eighth grade where I was arrested in the cell for just trying to see my counselor and being mistaken of a kid that was cutting class then get to high school where you know i'm realizing all the political structures that you know ties into keeping you know communities where there are and not uh, bringing resources into our communities there are so many people not just in my community but around the world that are affected by the issue so i I felt like I, i needed to be that voice for them miaya you work mostly with freshman students what are some of the issues or concerns you hear from the young people you work with one of the concerns that i hear from my students is why are we treated like we're in prison when it comes to being in school they say that they remember a time when they could go to school and feel safe and feel comfortable talking to um, teachers and feel comfortable with talking to counselors. And now they're saying, we don't feel comfortable. We're not happy in school. We feel like we're in a prison. This is really a concern for me because it's like I remember being that student who felt like I was alone at school and there was no one to talk to and I felt like I was in a jail cell you know and um, another thing that I hear is why don't some of these teachers these crossing guards or the SROs have relationships with us they claim that they they could be going through something and no one even knows you know and they're I feel like that's a big issue today. Why isn't there a relationship building process where you know the student and you know what they're going through and you know how to handle them? Do you get the chance to talk to teachers or school resource officers, people who are present in the educational system who can provide the kind of support young people are asking for? Um, I get a chance to talk to um, teachers. I have talked to um, SROs. Some of them say the same things like, yeah, there needs to be a relationship-building process. There needs to be a time when we get together and say, hey, 
do you need something? Is there a way that we can help you? Some of them are concerned about the child's well-being. So what is the barrier to creating those relationships? There's a time where they could, you know, create relationships with these students, but some of them are not putting forth the effort. And I feel like um, that's also a part of not making this a mandatory thing. Everyone is just like, well, hey, they need this, so let's, you know, give it to them, but they're not asking the, the child or the parent what will make you comfortable with getting to know us or what will make you comfortable. And allowing young people to develop deeper relationships with one another. Yes, one of our main goals, like we believe that um, in order for our communities to thrive, we have to, you know, be on one accord with one another. We have to know another. We have to know each other. We have to, you know, love one another. We try our best to create those spaces where young people can come out and be whoever they identify as and and try and show our elected officials that this is what happens when, you know, you invest in spaces such as a basketball court or a, a healing circle or an open mic on poetry and, and, uh, and other types of hip-hop. We've been doing medical um, medical workshops where we're teaching students how to um, do basic CPR on um, gunshot wound victims. So um, we, we're still in the work to, you know, expand what we're doing, but um, those are like little things that we've done since we've started. It sounds like some of the work you're doing is about creating a sense of community. Miaya, one of the things it sounds like you're asking for is more mental health support for young people. More mental health is very important for the students I work with because every day they experience something, whether it's a family member dying or violence in the neighborhood or um, situations with housing and everything else. It, it becomes a, a really big epidemic. And not being able to talk about these problems, it should be more talked about because it's not talked about enough in our communities, in our schools, in our homes, you know. And um, I feel like this is very important for people to start understanding that we go through something every day, whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, you know. We, we face things every day that we're not able to talk about. So why not invest in mental health? How do you think providing those additional mental health services could help cut back on gun violence in, in our neighborhoods? Have you ever heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. I feel like people who do commit crimes as far as gun violence are just people who are hurt, you know, um, who've just trying to make it in environments that are not even set up for us to make it. Um, I've, I've had um, peers at my school, a, a child, um, he had got shot and he was one of our friends, you know, you're used to seeing your friend be at school every day. And um, one of the kids wanted to retaliate. And it's like, it's not because he was, he just was like, I'm going to go out and, you know, do something to someone today because he wanted to. It was because, you know, he was hurt. His friend that he used to see every single day, he's not there anymore, you know. And I just believe that this would help because if he had someone to talk to or the person who shot his friend had someone to talk to they would be you know more comfortable with explaining to people hey I'm hurt and I need help that's why this is important as you both know the city will have a new mayor next month many new city council members Antonio what would you like to see from city officials when it comes to addressing these issues 
I would like to see commitment. You know, I, I want to see everything that we heard during their campaign. So um, I want to see them invest more in education. I want to see them um, acknowledge and uplift and fund the mental health of black and brown folks in the city of Chicago. I want to see them, you know, invest in upgrading the housing in black and brown communities. So I would like to see the new mayor and city council hold, hold the promises that they promised us that got them in office. Mia, what about you? I do agree with what Tony said. I would like to see, you know, commitment. I would also like to see them invest more and take time out and say, let me maybe go in this community and see what they need or what they want. I would like to see relationship building as well. And I would like to see them really take the time out of their lives and say, let's really see if this is what they need or if this is what we want them to need. Well, for parents or other young people who want to get involved in in the efforts you both are are working on, what's your advice for them, Antonio? My advice for them is to reach out. It isn't hard to look any of us up and just find a contact and, you know, reach out to us. We're open to any and everybody. The issues that we're talking about and we're advocating for is something that affects all of us, no matter where you live or, you know, who you stay with or what you love, like it, it affects everyone. And Mia, for a young person who may be struggling right now with some of the trauma that you described earlier, what would you say to them? I would say get involved in positive ways that could, you know, help. It was an outlet for me. So I know for a fact that it would be an outlet for them. I know that it will help them get through some of those traumatic things because Every day is a struggle, and you shouldn't have to, you know, let out your anger or your sadness in bad ways. Um, You know, just come get involved, and we are people who are welcoming you with open arms, you know, and I really feel like they should start getting involved because if you don't talk, you will not be heard. That's Miaya Coleman, youth leader at Voices of Youth in Chicago Education, and Antonio Magit, youth organizer with Good Kids Mad City. We'll tweet out a link to both organizations. Miaya, Antonio, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you. Thanks. And that's it for today's Morning Shift. Keep in touch with the show via Twitter at WBEZ Morning, and I'm at Jay White Pop Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Jen White. Let's talk again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.